Good afternoon, beautiful people. It's good to see you guys. Welcome to Sunday service. I am uh, PT. It's good to have you guys here worshiping with us. Beautiful faces. Look at the person next to you and say, you are beautiful. Oh, say it like you mean it. You are beautiful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, we are in a series that's called The Transformative Power of Jesus Christ, the transformative power of Jesus, right? I believe that if you're here today that God wants to encourage you. I believe that if you're here today that God wants to transform your life. I believe you're here today that God wants to take wherever it is that you're going and put you on trajectory towards flourishing and purpose. And we got our senior, our freshman in the house. Back there, give it up to our freshmen. Yeah. Yeah, coming up from the youth group. Yes, 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 yes. Young bloods, new bloods, right? We love them. All right. I love on them a little bit. Hey, so we, we, we really believe that. And so this series was really designed with the hope and that intention in mind that if you would trust in God's word and what he is doing and saying, there is a purpose and a trajectory for you for this life. And so let's, uh, let's start off uh, here. Um, in Matthew chapter 8, sometimes we obey God. How many of you guys feel like this? Sometimes you obey God and the bottom falls out of it, right? Sometimes you, you feel like, God, I trusted you. I followed your word. PT gave a message. I kind of obeyed it. And things don't look like they're too great right now. Actually, because I trusted you, I'm in the middle of a storm, I'm in the middle of problems. I'm in the middle of issues. I have some major problems. Like, for example, God, you told me I was planning to be going down this road for my degree, but then you kind of steered me towards this road, right? And I found myself graduated and unemployed for the past two years. I mean, I trusted you to go where I thought you wanted me to go, and here I am, unemployed, right? Right? How about some of you guys like this? Some of you will be like, hey, you know, God, I, I trusted you when you told me that what I should be looking for is a person of character, not just simply personality. I trusted you when you told me that I should be looking for someone who can bring forth a spiritual legacy, not just a good weekend. And I trusted you for a decade, and I'm still single, right? I mean, you all say that. While everybody around me is engaged or being married, and have kids, you know? What's going on there, God? I trusted you, I obeyed you, and things don't look like they're going pretty well for me. Or how about some of you guys like this? Some of you guys be like, I trusted you, I obeyed you when it comes to serving the church. I've been a faithful member of my church for years upon years. I was born to this place, I was raised here, I served here. And after 20 years of my life, 20, 30 years of my life, I still feel like I am not valued. I still feel like it's going nowhere. I still feel like my services is for a mute cause. How many of you guys feel this way where you obey God and the bottom falls out, right? You're in a storm. Things aren't going the way you hope for it to be. You've been giving. You've been giving. You've been like faithful in your giving. You've been generous in your giving. For years upon years, and you're still poor, right? And you're wondering, God, when am I going to be blessed to give more? I keep hearing that if I give, I will be, I, 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 you didn't hear it from me, but you know, 
you heard that if I gave, maybe I will be, you know, blessed to give more. Here I am, still broke, living with my mom. I mean, guys, be like this. You obey God to be a faithful salt leader, investing in the life of another brother, another sister, for years upon years, and then you're seeing no ROI, return on investment. Things just been getting worse. They are not listening. They're going the opposite direction of what you're telling them to go. And things are just not good, right? How many of y'all are trying to be a good husband and wife and your marriage is still struggling? Let me tell you the truth. I don't know where you came from, what church you've been listening to, or what pastor you've been listening to, but I'll tell you the truth today. Oftentimes, you can obey God and things don't work out. There are oftentimes when you obey God and the storm is going to come. There will be days when you will say, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, God, and everything just falls out of the bottom. Crap hits the fan and things are just bad. See, if anyone ever told you that I'm going to just trust in Jesus or follow Jesus and everything's going to work out for you, the answer, that's, that's, not, that's not gospel. You didn't hear it from me. Because oftentimes, sometimes we obey God and the bottom falls out. But what I'm going to teach you guys today is this. I'm going to share with you guys how the disciples of Jesus found themselves in a very similar situation. They obeyed God and things didn't work out the way they hoped. We're going to figure out why that happens. Why is it that sometimes I choose to obey God and things don't work out? And we're going to see what our response should be when that does happen to us. You guys follow me? Right? If you're in a storm right now. Right, I want you to just nod in your head, right? I'm in the storm. I need to hear this word. I need you to hear this word, okay? God has a word for you today that's going to help change the trajectory of your life. If you're going through a problem, I need you to listen to this. This is for you. Because the disciples came into a very similar situation. They obeyed God. Things didn't work out. Why does this happen? What are we to do? Matthew chapter 8. Open your Bibles. We'll read from 23 to 27. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. So Jesus just preached the whole Sermon on the Mount. He did these three miraculous healings in the life of a leper, in the life of a centurion, in the life of a young woman, and a bunch of uh, people on the streets. He did all of this miraculous healing. He did this physical healing, and now he gets on the boat. He did this healing in, in the Gent- uh, Jewish area. Now he got on this boat, and he tells his disciples, we're going to go across the lake to the other side where we're going to continue the ministry, okay? Get in the boat. Let's go. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. Let me read this for you guys. All right? All right. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Right? Let me tell you about the disciples. They were fishermen. They were seafaring men. They knew how to read the weather. They understand how to navigate themselves around a boat. So if storms do come, they, they aren't usually afraid. And they usually don't get on a boat if they know there's going to be a big storm happening. Right? 
But they said Jesus told them to get on this boat and let's go across the lake to the other side. And so they said, all right, we'll do that. Knowing to themselves, nothing's going to happen. The weather looks great. And so here they are. They obey Jesus. They put their trust in Jesus. They listen to him. And halfway across the lake, nobody else is following them. They're in this boat by themselves. And the wind and the storm begins to rage. And they're freaking out, and they're screaming, and they're, you know, these are grown men here thinking they're going to die, okay? Grown men believing that this is the end, and so what do they do? They cry out to the one dude who brought them. They says, Jesus, save us. And where was Jesus at this time? He was sleeping. Homeboy was sleeping in the middle of a storm that was raging on about, around them where they're about to drown and die. And Jesus wakes up, he looks at them, he says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Right? We find ourselves in our storm. Some of you guys are like this. You follow after God. You try to be faithful. You you, you did your best to apply and to obey God's word, to to bend your will to this word. You try your best, and God says, do this, and you stepped out in faith. You took that initial step with the courage. You know it was hard, but you took a step out. And now that you're going there, everyone else is going the opposite direction, by the way. Everyone else is doing their own thing. Everyone else is doing everything that is normal for humans to do. But you said, I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to step on this boat. I'm going to go out. And halfway out there, when you're thinking, I'm doing what God's telling me to do, things should go well, what happens? You find yourself in a storm. You find yourself in a situation where it hurts. You find yourself right? Alone. And you cry out to God, God, why is this happening to me? God, why am I still single? God, why am I unemployed? God, why does no one appreciate the work I do? God, why is my soul always like this? God, why is my marriage in such a sham? God, why is my relationship so horrible? I trusted you. I followed you. I believed in you. I did what you tell me. Why am I in a storm? You guys follow? You guys feeling me, right? Right? You're in the storm, and then you, what do you, you cry out to God. And what happens? He's silent. You don't hear him. He's not speaking up. And you feel, you feel what? Alone. You feel abandoned. You feel lost. You feel like he doesn't care. You feel like he's not around. You are in the same situation as the disciples. Trusting their life in this one man, telling him to go out into this lake. Storm rages up. They cried out, and he was still sleeping in the back. You're freaking out for your life. The disciples, they find themselves in this situation that felt that filled them up with despair. Now, why does this happen? Right? Why does this happen? The reason such things happen may be is because something is trying to stop you or attempt to stop you from doing God's purpose, to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Let me say that one more time, okay? The reason why the storm shows up in your life, the moment when you decide to obey God and follow after him, bend your will to his word and say, okay, 
I know what you've done. I trust you. I'm going to step out in faith. And the moment when that happens, the moment when you take that step and the storm comes, the reason why that may happen to you is because Satan comes in and is attempting to prevent God's purpose in your life. How do I know that? Check this out. Look in the Word, right? We know it's, the storm is from Satan because Jesus had to do what? He had to rebuke the storm. It wasn't some natural storm that showed up because if it was a natural storm, the, the, the fishermen, those guys on the boat, they would know. and They would say, no, let's not go out. They, everything was fine. The storm was a supernatural storm that came up and began to rock the boat and to try to destroy the life of these 12 disciples and Jesus. Why? Right? We know it's not a natural storm. Jesus had to rebuke it. But why did Satan do that? Because of what's on the other side. Of the lake. You know what's on the other side of the lake? I'm not going to read the story to you, but on the other side of the lake, right, was Gentile territory. It was a territory that I belonged to God's people. As they, walked over, as they made it over to the other side of the lake, what Jesus did was he healed two demon-possessed men, right, spiritually possessed in this point. He healed them. The book of Matthew doesn't tell us the story of what happened to these men, but the book of Mark does. Matthew was trying to, he was writing to a bunch of Jewish people, so he wanted, to, he wanted them to see that Jesus was in charge of both physical and spiritual part of your life. He's in charge of your whole entire life, right? But Mark, the book of Mark, Mark is writing to a Roman crowd, a Roman Christian, and so when Mark was writing to a Roman Christian, he wanted them to see that Jesus, Jesus' life, Jesus' work has transformative power. In the book of Mark chapter 4, what happens was after he healed one of these demon-possessed men, that guy ran out to the Decapolis, which is 10 cities, and he shared what Jesus has done for his life. Now, what's the point here? The point I'm trying to tell you is this. There was a reason why Jesus wanted to get to the other side of the lake. There was a reason why he wanted to take his 12 disciples to the other side of the lake. Because he knew that when he got to that side, he is going to meet somebody who he's going to engage with. And in engaging with that person, he is going to bring his kingdom further into Gentile territory. He was going to expand his kingdom, his purpose in this world through that man that he healed. He knew that. Satan knew that. And so why does the storm come? The storm come was to prevent that, was to stop that, was to make sure that that does not happen, right? Let me tell you guys, your difficulties, the storm that you're weathering right now, the storm that you're going through, the pain that you're enduring in obedience to God's word, right, may be Satan's attempt to prevent what God wants to do through you. Can I tell that one more time? Because I don't think you guys understand that you have purpose in life. I think you think your purpose in life is just to meander through it. I think you, you bought into the idea that your purpose in life was to get an education, get a job, get married, have kids, retire. I think that that's what you think your purpose in life. It could be part of your purpose in life. But God has a plan and a purpose for his kingdom, that he wants to use you through it. And the moment when you step into obedience with God, the best thing that Satan can do to you is what? Render you useless. Scare the living bejesus out of you so that you run back to normative lifestyle. Shake you up in such a way 
where you do not want to engage or step out in courage. I'll give an example. You were meant for a position, but you've been, sh- but the economy has shaken you for two years. You graduate with this degree that God told you to pursue. Everyone else around you, your peers, your parents, your friends, told you, you know what? Do what's safe. Do what pays. Do what does this. But something in your heart, your, your, your leaders, your teachers, God's word was stirring in your heart saying, do what God has placed, performed, and given you the gift and talents to do. Do this for purpose. Do this for his kingdom. Walk through this. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get rid of the, I'll, I'll, I'll negate the, the medical degree, the law degree, the business degree. I'll do what's not typically, you know, normal Asian stuff to do or normal parenting. And I, I'll pursue this work. I'll pursue this job. I'll pursue this degree. And in your pursuit now, two years unemployed. And you're thinking, why? Why? Can I tell you something? And sometimes when you think why and you get scared, you know what happens? You know what you do? You turn around. Don't you? Two years. Nothing's coming out of this. Let me go back to what's safe. Let me go back to what's normal. Let me go back to what everybody else is doing. Right? And God the whole time was saying, you were meant for this. I prepared you for this. Your whole life, I have molded, shaped all the circumstances that God, that I have placed in your life, that the choices people have done to you, that you have done, has molded you and shaped you perfectly for this work that I have prepared for you to do something for my kingdom. But because the storm came, because everyone else around you seemed to be getting their life together, have a job, adulting very well, you got scared and you said, I'm going to give up on it. Turn around and do something else to make myself feel better. The storm sometimes is there to do what? To prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose. The storm comes into your life because Satan wants to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose. Because Satan knows if he can't have your soul, the best thing he can do for you is render you useless for his kingdom. Do you know how Satan wins in this world? He doesn't win by making people not Christians. He wins when Christians stop believing that they can expand God's kingdom. He wins when whatever ground you try to win in your life for God's kingdom, you just take it right back because you got scared, because you ran. Listen, you're in a relationship. You're not in a relationship. You're single forever, right? And you're, you're always a groomsman, always a bridesmaid, never the groom, never the bride, right? And you're freaking out. You're thinking, I'm getting old. Everyone else around me got kids already. I got nothing. Right? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God wants in your life, listen, God wants in your life a spiritual legacy, not a good weekend. God's been preparing somebody for you. He knows you can't stay single. He knows you're meant to be married. Right? You know that. He knows that. And he's preparing. He's been molding. He's been shaping this person for you. So that when you guys are together, when you guys are together, you're living in a marriage of purpose, a marriage of vision, a marriage of God's kingdom's work. But because you got scared because the storm came, you got scared because your best friend popped out a kid. You got scared because another young kid in our church got engaged way before you, right? And you're freaking out. 
You're freaking out thinking my time is over. And yet the whole time God is saying this, I'm preparing you for a legacy. But once you get scared, when you get scared, what do you do? I'll just start dating anything that breathes now, right? So instead, instead of creating legacy, your greatest spiritual achievement in that future relationship is getting them to come up to church on time. Instead of actually moving and making impact in someone's life, your greatest spiritual achievement is to get them to show up to church on time. Sometimes the storm comes simply to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose. How about this? You've been serving forever. You've been in this church. Everyone knows they can't live without you because you serve. But it's a thankless job to serve in the church. Nobody notices it until something goes wrong, right? Nobody knows. Every day, when things go well, nobody says thank you. No one says great job. Things are great. But when things go wrong, everyone says, how come the lyrics didn't pop up? How come the sounds was bad? How come the mic was off? How come this didn't happen, right? Where are the babysitters? Listen, God could be preparing you in your service to develop the necessary characteristic for what he has in store for you. He wants you to pick up the broom before he lets you pick up the mic, right? But because you constantly want to pick up the mic and you gave up on wanting to do the simple work of service, you rushed the, you, you rushed the gun, you gave up, and you said, you know what, I'm not going to serve anymore. I'm, not, I'm just going to walk away. And instead of developing the patience, the endurance, the tenacity necessary for the next position and place that God has in store for you, you delay your purpose Longer. You delay God's purpose in your life longer. Your salty was going to be the next evangelist. Your salty was going to be the next Paul. Your salty was going to be the next Billy Graham. Your salty was meant to be somebody who's going to do something amazing for his kingdom, but you gave up on your salt. You said all they want to do is party. All they want to do is play. All they want to do is not care about Jesus. So you know what? I'm done. I'm done with them. You fight with them. You argue with them. You tell them. You rebuke them. You teach them. You love them. You encourage them. You do everything unnecessary to do that. Nothing worked out. And everything went bad. The storm's going out. They're mad at you. You're mad at them. Things are going bad. And guess what happens? Instead of enduring and sticking to it, you decide... I'm going to give up and walk away. Because you felt like it was going nowhere. Sometimes the storms come into your life. Why? As you obey God. As you obey God, sometimes the storms like this comes into your life because, listen, because they want you to prevent it. Satan wants to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose. In someone's life. The difficulty in your marriage was to be an example of hope for a younger couple who's going to struggle with the exact same struggle you have. 
Your difficulty in what you're doing in your marriage as you're going through it, what's meant to, you're supposed to endure it as the storm was raging on around you, is meant to be for the purpose of encouraging and strengthening other younger couples, developing a legacy of actually good families in the church, in the community, around you. But because the storm came, because you couldn't deal with it, because it was just too much fighting, because you just felt impatient, because the selfishness kicked in, you said, I'm done. And you walked away. Everybody got storms when they obey God. Listen, can I tell you the truth there? I'm going to tell you right here. I'm going to lay it down real clear for you. When you obey God, it's never always smooth sailing. When you choose to obey God, storms will come into your life. But you have a choice to either run or to endure. And let me tell you why those storms come into your life. Those storms are in your life because Satan is trying to prevent you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. That's why the storms are there. So what should we do? What should we do? All right? Look what happens. Jesus steps up. Verse 26, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. What should we do when the storm comes into our lives in obedience to Christ? Okay? There, there are a few storms. Sometimes, you, sometimes storms come into your life just because you just chose to be dumb, right? Sometimes storms comes into your life because you chose to obey. This situation is only for the obedience part, okay, not for the dumb part, okay? If your storm is in your life right now because you made a dumb decision, it's probably the consequences of your dumb decision, okay? But here you are, you obeyed Jesus, you followed him, the storm is here. The word tells us it's there because something is trying to stop you creating purpose his purpose so what should you do the bible tells us we should resist satan's effort and trust god's power resist satan's effort and trust god's power jesus rebukes the demonic activity behind the storm and encourages the disciples to trust god's power do you get what i'm saying here They were asking, what kind of man is this? And the answer is, this is not a man. This is the God man. This is the one who died and came back from the dead. This is the one who conquered the very one thing that you should all be afraid of, the one thing that you don't think you can ever be, which is death itself. And if Jesus is able to defeat death itself, he looks and he asks, why are you so afraid in obeying me? When I obeyed my father, it took me straight to the cross. It led me straight to the ground, and yet I lived. Why are you so afraid in obeying me? Why are you so afraid, you of little faith? You know what Jesus is saying? Look, the real question you have to ask yourself always is, do you understand what Jesus Christ has done? If he did not come back from the dead, then this sermon has no purpose. There's no power behind it. But if he did come back from the dead, this tells me one thing. This tells me that in my storm, God is still in control. 
that in my storm, God's power is still beyond my circumstances. It tells me that in my storm, no matter how bad I think it's going to be, God's power is still beyond that. I can weather it. And Jesus is teaching them, resist what's happening to you, resist it, and trust in my power. And and that's hard for a lot of us, right? It's hard for a lot of us because sometimes a lot of us, we don't see the reality of who God is. God is this idea and not an actual person. When God is just an idea and not an actual person, we don't, we can't touch an idea. We don't, we can't fathom an idea. But can I tell you something? Jesus was not an idea. He was a man. And he wasn't just any man. He was God man. He was the living God on earth. And he conquered the one thing that would freak you out most, death itself. So that tells you what? Studying for a degree and find yourself not employed after two years, right? Don't let fear dictate your action. Resist what's happening. Don't let fear dictate your action and continue to push for where God has placed you. I am meant to be here. This is my direction that God has set for me. I will not let fear drive me to run. I will not let fear drive me from fulfilling God's purpose. Being faithful in our relationship, wanting the right relationship, wanting a relationship that's built on character, on foundation of rock that is Jesus Christ versus just a personality and a nice weekend. Resist Satan, stay single. Better to be in a relationship that's going to create something meaningful than to compromise for a relationship simply for a nice weekend. Let me tell you guys, if you're single out there and you feel this way, if you think you're supposed to be married, you will be married, okay? Maybe what you should be looking for is character, not just a cute face. Thirdly, serving the church faithfully and feeling like you're not valued. When that happens, a storm comes up. What does the word tell us to do? Resist Satan. Resist that whisper in your ear that tells you, you know what, no one cares. You know what, don't, don't pick up the broom. You know what, don't work behind the scenes. You know what, do something bigger. Get out of this place. Resist Satan. Serve. Develop your character that God wants you to have in order to prepare you for what needs to be done. God has a distinguishing place for you. That he needs specific characteristics for you to have in order for you to do that work. Resist Satan and trust his power. Being faithful salt leader and not seeing a return on your investment. Walk with them still. Resist, resist the urge to say, I'm done with you. Resist the urge to say, I'm out of here. Walk with your salty, believing that there is no such thing as a lost cause.
trying to be a good husband, wife, and your marriage is still struggling. Resist Satan's attempt. Stay faithful in your marriage. Because ultimately, you will reflect the image of God and create the legacy that he has in store for your family. Trust God's power. Now I can, listen, guys. I can only say that with confidence, right? I can only say that with confidence to trust in his power off of one thing and one thing only. The cross. That's it. See, you were not meant to just meander through life. The life that you live, Jesus saw, and he saw death and perishing. I will come down. I will walk among them. I will live as they have lived, and I will show them the life that they were meant to have. A life that is not full of brokenness, of disease. A life of purpose and mission. A life that's more than just a retirement plan and a vacation and personal happiness for five to six decades. A life that has eternal impact. And because I know that they cannot have that life themselves, I will die to bring them forth to that life. And on the cross, through the death and through his resurrection, he tells us what? I have the power to do it. When you obey me and the storm comes, I have the power beyond the storm. I have the power within the storm. Do not be afraid. Resist the urge to run. Resist the urge to hide. Resist the urge to make excuses. Resist the urge to compromise. Resist the urge. Trust in my power to save, to heal, and to bring you life. I get it. We're all young. We all want to make it in life. We all want to feel like we're stable. We all want to feel like things are going well. We all want to have that. I get it. But the most you can have when your focus is that, the most you can possibly create Five to six decades of personal fulfillment and a life without purpose or mission. My prayer is that you have a transformative life, a life that has impact, a life that changes other lives, a life that leaves a legacy beyond just money, beyond just a name, but a, a legacy that endures past you to your kids, to your grandkids, and to their kids. A spiritual legacy. Let's be that way, guys. Let's resist Satan. Attempt to stop God's power, God's work. And let's live in the trust that God's power is beyond the storm that we're in today. Let's pray.